<laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big Dog is in the house again. What's going on? You listen to the Chiefs KC Star podcast. Sports BKC, that's right. We're about to turn up in here. It's the 18. To my left, I've got Vahe Gregorian. I've got Blair Kirkhoff. I've got Sam Mellinger. And it's me, Therese Paler, your Chiefs beat writer. And we are... In the, we are in the building a few days after Christmas, and we are glad to be here. Uh, at least I am. I don't know about y'all. Y'all look a little tired to me. What's up? How y'all doing? Well, Fantastic. It, there we go. Look, I, I feel a little intimidated by your Detroit versus everybody sweatshirt. <laughs> it, it's sort of yeah, making that's a statement. The point. <laughs> yeah, that's the point of it. I'm trying to make a real clear statement about what's up. <laughs> and I, this, I got a Detroit versus anybody shirt. That one's black. This one's the Detroit versus everybody one. This is blue. And I'm looking into another one. I'm thinking I'll go gray or red. I don't know, but I'll figure it out. And w- which would be what? Detroit versus somebody? somebody. <laughs> Whoever dares. Versus you? <laughs> well, everybody, anybody, and somebody would be favored over Detroit. Oh, I wow. Wow. <laughs> Damn, oh, oh. Damn, I played myself on that one. <laughs> can, we, can we tell the story about I forgot where we were, but we were getting on a plane. And you had that sweatshirt on. Tell the story. And, and the, the flight attendant, this nice lady, <laughs> looked at it and she said, I don't oh. know how nice she was, but go ahead. <laughs> looked at that sweatshirt and she said, I don't know about those lions, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, that's right. I remember um, I actually wore the shirt the day after the lions lost to the Packers on that Hail Mary. Mm. <laughs> and somebody saw it and was like, <laughs> not versus the Packers, though. <laughs> So yeah, you see, you get a get a good, a healthy amount of derision. Everybody's got jokes. Everybody's got jokes. I played myself on that one, but that's all right. You were up where you're from, and that's just how it goes. Fellas, you happy to be in the studio today? How you doing? Fantastic. Not bad. Not bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I was all thinking right, on, the, on the way in. I was thinking, who, who wouldn't want to be listening to whatever marathon level we'll reach with this podcast with a nice hot cup of cocoa? And uh, stranded in their homes with this weather going on in Kansas City. This is going to be gold. When you yeah. drive off into a ditch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen this to is going to be quiet yeah. until the cops come. We're going to yeah. help you stay warm while you're waiting in your car um, <laughs> on the side of the road through this snowstorm because you slid off because Kansas City does not put salt on the streets. <laughs> so, so. All right. Let's get into this thing. It was a hard transition. It wasn't very smooth, but who cares? Um, as we always do, we're going to kick off this 18 podcast with the recognition of the Chiefs' last game. Chiefs won yesterday over the Cleveland Browns, 17-13. Ugly game. Uh, certainly a bit of a trap game, uh, but, but one that definitely brings some questions um, uh, you know, about this team headed into the playoffs. But before we start diving into the playoffs and kind of our takeaways from that game, um, let's let's first kick off, and this is a tough question because I certainly had a hard time picking one. But real quick, guys, who was your grown-ass man of the week? You know, we talked about this in the press box yesterday, and I still can't come up with yeah. a guy. I yeah. mean, I really can't. I, I think you make a case. I Look, if, if you had to 
if you have to give it to somebody, give it to Jeremy Macklin for you know surpassing a thousand yards receiving. Um, you know, he had a the first play of the game, I think, wasn't it? Uh, didn't they have a completion to him on the first yep, play? They did. And it ran a great route on the touchdown reception. It was a great throw too. And it was it was, it was. It, it, between three people. Uh, great route, great throw, um, and, and best offensive moment for the Chiefs yesterday. I'll, I'll give it to Macklin. I, I I'd go with uh, maybe. Uh, don't we give it to him every week, Peters? Hey, look, that interception was humongous. I mean, yeah. and it came right after a, a rare mistake by Alex Smith. I guess the ball got deflected. Um, so I give it to either him or Therese. You drill, Therese, you drilled into this a little in your game story. How about Alex Smith having the presence of mind to call that timeout? Whatever it was he didn't like that, you know, they they uh, reversed the flux capacitor and got the uh, <laughs> got the thing – Set right with the right either was I don't know, was a personnel package. Yeah, they changed the personnel but kept the formation. And one way or another, that led to the Macklin touchdown. Well, okay. So first, I thought that Andy Reid made a smart point in his post game, um, calling out Ja Reid for that play he made. Right. You know that potentially he said save the game. I think that's a little bit dramatic. It was in the second quarter, right? I mean, it was early enough in the game that it wasn't. You know, it was I don't first know that half, it right? Save yeah. the game yeah. or whatever. But that was a, a heck of a hustle play. Uh, for an offensive lineman um, that, you know, sometimes if he didn't do that, you wouldn't call him out for a lack of effort. So I thought that was important. Um, but I thought Alex Smith played really well. Yeah. Like for a guy, if you just look at his stat line, I think he threw for like 125, 127 yards, something like that. Um, I mean, this is the dumbest compliment in the world, but like it's really hard to throw for 125 yards and play a better game at quarterback than he did. I thought he made like really good decisions, a lot of important scrambles, uh, including one on fourth down. I think um, you know a couple yeah. couple conversions. Um, I thought he played pretty well uh, in the first half. <laughs> It was that kind of game. It was that kind of game. He's my grown ass man of the game. He didn't play much in the second half. Did a lot of watching plays in the second half. Did a lot of watching a twenty-one yard or twenty-one play drive. That was crazy. (laughs) Well, and piggybacking on that, I picked Alex Smith as well. Uh, I know I really kind of started incorporating the grown ass man filling the blank. You know, really in the middle of the season, and I feel like. I use the phrase grown-ass man throw for literally every quarterback the Chiefs played except him up until this week. Yeah. Um, I thought – I remember saying Tyrod Taylor with I a grown-ass man throw. Derek Carr had a grown-ass man throw. And then yesterday, Alex Smith, hey, that touchdown he threw to Macklin was between three cats. Yep. That was a grown-ass man throw. That was a small window. There was some heat on it. Took some guts to make the throw. Kudos to him. That's why I gave it to him. But I hear you going to say just, so. No, just a quick question. It, it, it's it's a little off point, but it, but it, going back to the Cleveland uh, possession, the twelve minute one second possession. I, I don't. I've never seen a longer possession. And of course, part of that was enabled by the fake punt. Again, deep in their own end. What are? This is a little inside football, but that's what we do. What are opponents seeing that makes them want to go? fake a punt inside their own 25 two weeks in a row against the Chiefs. Yeah, there must be something wrong there with the with the execution up front or they see a gap in the formation or something. Whatever it is, I'm 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 sure Dave Tobe sees it. I mean, he he's about as, you know, detailed as it gets. So it's a trade-off they're making there somewhere, whether it's somebody's being undisciplined or – they're the the line or the lineup is or they're giving away just some some weaknesses 
somewhere in the middle there. They see something, and you know they're not gonna tell us what it is, but they they see something. And but whatever it is, for them to do it two weeks in a row, that tells me that the Chiefs know about it and that they kind of saw it as a trade off to whatever benefit they've got of having the guy in there. So what I thought was interesting too is is um, you know, and the Browns didn't have anything to lose doing that, so that that's part of it. But Chiefs stopped it. Right, like um, the the week before, yeah, yeah. Um, and right. then the Browns saw that, and then did yeah. it, you know, did it again. I mean, pretty gutsy. But yeah. again, they didn't have anything to lose, so I don't know, whatever. Well, but. The, well, the thing to remember there is too, like, is you know, like fourth and nine or fourth and ten. If your guys are bailing quickly, which I'm guessing that's what that is, like their linebackers and their linemen, they're bailing quickly to get back and protect. That's the trade off they're trying to make. You know, you're trying to get your guys back there quickly to set up right. a blocking wall to get a to big return because that's. And that's what Tobe wants. He wants the big return. Um, and you're guessing the trade-off you're making there is that you're so far away that, that you know, the running back or the up back or the punter or whoever isn't going to be able to make up that ground within the amount of time your guys will see it, recognize it, and get it. So that's my best guess about it. That wasn't bad. That was, that's not a bad question. But, uh, yeah, that's my best guess. Um, time to transition to the part of the show where I ask you guys a couple questions and we uh, just kind of – you know, talk a little bit about some of the major things that's going on with this team. Uh, first question is the playoffs. Chiefs obviously clinched a playoff berth yesterday, second time in three years under Andy Reid. Uh, let's just get this out of the way. Now, we're taping this on a Monday. The Broncos game is going to affect the playoff scenarios or whatever. This Broncos game is at night. You guys are probably listening to this um, after that game's played, but we'll talk about this in a way that it, um, is just fine, that it, it'll – carry on throughout the week and I, I think the thing to remember here is that no, kind of no matter what happens at night there, there's a pretty there's two scenarios that the Chiefs would be looking at no, kind of no matter what happens the rest of this regular season here and it's that they can either win the division and face the Steelers Jets or Broncos at home or go on the road and face Houston and I, I got my opinion about what they should do Let's run around this round table here and figure out, you know, let's come to a consensus about what we think um, will be the best course of action for the Chiefs. Start off with Blair. What do you think, my man? Well, I'll tell you what I think, but let me just add one quick scenario because uh, you, you hit the two big ones. The third one, which is less of a possibility, is the, the, the Chiefs being the sixth seed because what you gave us was the Chiefs being the third seed, so they would be at home mm-hmm. against Steelers, Jets, or Broncos. If they were the fifth seed, they would play the Texans on the road. But if they're the sixth seed, which could happen, if they lose to the, the Chiefs lose to the Raiders and the Jets win at Buffalo, then they're the sixth seed and they would go to the three seed, which is likely to be, which would be Denver at that point. Cool. So that's the third the third scenario. I thought about this. What would you? The easier game, of course, is at Texas. It just is. They're the they're the um, the opponent that is uh, the most vulnerable, and yet. I, I think you want to play a playoff game at home. I, I think you, I think you want to with this team. Uh, this this team is capable of winning a playoff game, maybe to maybe get to the Super Bowl. And if that's the case, it shouldn't matter where you play or who you play. You know, play the. So if it does, if that doesn't matter, a reward seventy five thousand fans. You know, let let your home fans see what we think is a team that's capable of winning a playoff game. Um, you know, we can we can break down a potential Steelers or Jets or Broncos matchup, but um, I'm a little concerned. The teams, the Chiefs, have played better on the road in the last month than they have at home. Mm-hmm. But still, bottom line for me is doesn't matter who the opponent is. Reward the fans. Play a home playoff game. Bye. 
I don't have this number uh, at the top of my head, but it, but it, Andy Reid's road record is pretty close to his home record, especially since he's been here. I think. I mean, this year they're what five and three on the road, five and two at home. Um, seems to me last year and the year before it was roughly that that area. Um, Blair makes a really great point, and it, it, and it's 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 an interesting distinction about what's good for the Chiefs and what's good for the city, right? I mean. Who, of course, we want to see a home playoff game. I mean, the energy, the juice in the city would be great. But I, I think it just comes down to the matchup. What matchup do you like best? And I don't know that home field is the advantage everybody thinks it is. I mean, it would be more fun for Kansas City if that happens. But I don't know. If you could draw it up, wouldn't you pick the team you, you, you match up with best and, and, and can handle? Sam? So I actually think um, – I'm going to go a little bit off the road here. Um, I, I don't think that a game in Houston is like a layup, you know. Like mm-hmm. I, I think the, the Chiefs have proven they can lose playoff games on the, on the road <laughs> or at home in the past. But I, I just right. think like going to Houston I, – I don't know. I, I just don't think that's a gimme at all. Um, I, I think that's a difficult thing to beat a team twice, um, you know, in their building twice. Um so I just lean if it's close enough, and I believe it is close enough. Except Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's the one team that I think, uh oh, um, despite what happened yesterday. I was gonna say, um, yeah, except then you see what happened yesterday. Yeah. They, they they seem vulnerable against too. a dog team, yeah. but that's it, a weird rivalry. So I don't, I don't know it, how yeah, that yeah, goes. That's but, it is. Um, so I, I would take the home game, um, just because if if your goal is to win games in the playoffs and, and not just one game to get this, you know kind of embarrassing 22 year thing over with then then I think you want the home game I think you want to win the AFC West I think you want to be the division champs you hang your banner you you, you know finally the Broncos did not win the division I, I think that's that's what you want because and, and but part of that is I just don't think Houston um, is a gimme at all so I, I, I would take the home game I, well this for sure wherever the first playoff game is the second one would definitely be on the road yeah, because they they can't be the first or the second seed, yeah. and those teams yep. host yep. the two winners of the of the wild card weekend. So, um, and you know how that works. If the, if the Patriots are the overall number one, mm-hmm. then they'll play the lowest or the worst uh-huh. remaining seed in Foxborough. Yeah. Uh, if the Bengals end up as the two, they'll they'll, they'll play the other team. I'd, I'd also say this though too, like we're talking about which matchup you want. Um, which, by the way, I wish we could talk to our, like, August 18th selves and say that, like, you know, in two months you're going to be talking about which playoff team you want to, you know, which, which And after game. they win the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is utterly ridiculous. Um, but I, I just um, – dang it, I made a good joke and now I forgot my train of thought. Okay. Therese, go. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll come back. <laughs> you played yourself. I'm going to okay. go to the old man side of the table now here in a second. <laughs> Uh, you know, Sam, I actually have kind of come around to your line of thinking um, a little bit. I, the, the Texans game is not a layup. It's yeah. not a layup. But, again, I mean, the playoff games are decided by your coach and your quarterback mainly. Like, when it comes to the playoff time, you pick the team with the best coach and the best quarterback. Um, will J.J. Watt scare you? Yeah, he should. Um, but the quarterback doesn't. And – you know, I, I I think that's a that's a that's a good matchup. But I'm actually with you. I say win out and let the chips fall where they may. I remember the 2007 Giants. They had that situation where like you know, there was talk of like, hey, do you rest your guys or do you do you play the Patriots? That was the undefeated Patriots team. Like, do you play them? Do you and you played them 
and they saw that they could win, play with him. Now, I know that's a completely different situation, but, like, I hadn't thought about you, play, that. you play to win, period. Yeah. You play to win. So I think whatever, no matter how it goes, you go into this Sunday trying to win. You start your starters, you go for it, and let the chips fall where they may. Now, yeah. obviously, the only – like, I agree with you. The only team that scares me is Pittsburgh, you know. The only team that would scare me is Pittsburgh. Right? You don't want a piece of Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs. That guy could go anywhere and win, mm-hmm. you know. But those other guys, you know, you you can beat those cats here, yeah. you know. It, so I just say, hey, win, let the chips fall where they may. The the other point I was going to make that I forgot because uh, I'm an idiot is just that <laughs> I think other than Pittsburgh, I think whoever they play, I don't know if they'll be favored. I think they would be favored. I think they would be favored against Denver. Um, maybe not. No, it, not in Denver. Not in Denver. If, if, Denver if it was the three six. Um, but I would feel good about the Chiefs beating any of those teams that we talked about, probably with the exception of, of, of the Steelers. And, and like I, we already mentioned this, but the Steelers proved themselves to be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. And the Chiefs, like you mentioned a minute ago, like they've come so far. Like you know, one in five, the nine wins in a row, got a chance to finish eleven and five. You know, I, I think in mid-October we were all talking about okay what kind of changes are going to be made here yeah. this offseason yeah, you know bonkers, we're, we're fielding questions we were fielding questions about whether Andy Reid and John Dorsey would be let go mm-hmm. you know whether the offensive line coach would be canned you know like that kind of stuff that's the stuff we were feeling now I was talking about that because Bob Sutton was fired like right. four weeks right. in a row <laughs> by people right they were ready to see him go they were yeah. ready for him to be out yeah. so my question to you guys is how serious yeah, I, I, maybe you don't know. I, I vote on the one-on-one awards, and um, you know, you vote the AFC Coach of the Year, NFC Coach of the Year. My question, to you fellas, what kind of cases Andy Reid have for Coach of the Year in the AFC? What do you think, Sam? I think he's got a really strong case. I mean, um, I, I think we've talked about this um, in some ways, but I, I just think that it's rare for a one-in-five team to have it in them. Um, forget talent. I mean, you know, they, they do have talent. They did have talent. But to have it in them, like, with just the fortitude to come back from that, you know? Like, you know, at one point when they were maybe, like, 2-5, and 3-5, and five, it was like, oh, okay, if they get to 8-8, eight and eight, you know, the season is an incomplete waste. Like, the, you know, they, they salvage something. But they had it in them to go from 1-5 to clinching a playoff spot before the last week of the season. And – I think look, I I think players are the most important thing. Um, you know, we talk about this with baseball <laughs> all the time. I'm sick of talking about managers. It's players that do it. In the NFL, the 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 balance is is a little bit more um, toward the coaches. But I still think that the Chiefs have a really strong locker room with a few guys in particular that we talk a lot about. Um, but I think that Andy Reid, without without a strong coaching staff, because um, the Chiefs have had weak coaching staffs mm-hmm. that, that have let these seasons get away from him. So I, I think he deserves a ton of credit. I mean, Bill Belichick has gone through a ton of yeah. injuries, and he's they're, they're going to have the number one seed, but he also has Tom Brady. Yeah, so let me focus this question a little bit more because it's obvious he does deserve recognition, so some consideration. Does he have a stronger case than Belichick or Marvin Lewis? I, well, I, I think he does just because if you – if you look at what we thought this team would be before the season, might be about this, right? Mm-hmm. But it really has nothing to do with how the season unfolded. And that, I can't get past that one and five. I mean, I, I'd like to go – actually, I, I grit my teeth probably going back and seeing some references I would have made to, you know, with this season being virtually over or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. hopefully we hedged our bets a little bit. But <laughs> um, 
I don't we think need I hedged as much as I probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, a couple things bear mention here. Like Andy Reid, in three seasons here, has coached two of the longest winning streaks the Chiefs have ever yes. had. Two of the three longest winning streaks the Chiefs have ever had. If they win this, this Sunday, that'll be the longest winning streak in the history of the franchise. Not that that has to dictate this, but the point is um, – Remember Alex Smith saying this earlier? I think it was in Oakland, mm-hmm. how a team could, a team could splinter with that kind of he record early. He said that a few different times, he actually. Different, he said, and he said, you know, somebody asked him if he'd been part of that, and he was kind of laughing and said, oh, yeah. And so that, well, that to me, it. is the achievement here. Right. And I get that everybody has injuries, but it, it's sort of just left to the side that, you know, they've been without their best player, yeah. I think, Jamal Charles all season. And they've been without a couple of their best defensive players one way or another – almost all along, right? Sean Smith suspended at the start. Tamba and, and Houston out now lately. Um, Abdullah out. I mean, that, that's a lot for a, a coaches to steer these guys through. Yeah, yeah. And that everything you just mentioned is like part of the reason. Like I gave that a lot of thought because I know how hard it is in this league to come back from one and five. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Business decisions get made. Uh, guys start worrying about money. Guys stop selling out for the team because you worried about the green, right? They just stopped doing that. And uh, it was really impressive that there really weren't, like, leaks and, like, you know, fingers being pointed through anonymous sources and stuff. Like, that stuff happens, man, yeah. and it didn't happen here. Um, I mean, it's happened here before, too, you know. Oh, like my you, gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you've been there. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, the, man. The, the case against Andy Reid, the case – Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not a case against Andy Reid, but the case for Belichick or for Todd Bowles or whoever it would be would be that look, man, if you're such a great coach, don't go one and five. Exactly, don't, don't like, start don't off be like in the that. hole, right? But yeah. which is fine. That's great, you know. And and Belichick has coached his way through a, a ton of injuries and all that, and they're going to have uh, the number one seed. And I don't want to do like you know how in the NBA they used to give the MVP to anybody but Jordan for a while, yeah, because it was just like well. Yeah, but who else? Like, right. who else can we, we all know about Jordan? I, I hope that that's not where my mind is on Belichick. That like, yeah, they're just the Patriots, and that's what they should do. But man, I, I just think it's it's, it's it's pretty rare to find something of you know like a, a duplicate for what the Chiefs have done, and Absolutely. not just the one and five thing, which obviously you know is the nineteen seventy Bengals or whatever. Like, it's only been done once before, but just you know the injuries and and everything sure. else. Sure. All right. Last thing I kind of got for you guys that I want us to explore a little bit. Um, you know, early in the season when they were struggling, man, we there were some arrows being fired at many position groups. The offensive line in particular <laughs> is one. Cornerbacks uh, a little bit as well. Uh, my question for you guys is, like, which assistant coach, excluding the defensive coordinator or the offensive coordinator, which assistant coach has kind of impressed you as far as being able to get the most out of the position group? This season, right? And I, I think some guys come to mind. I mean, the enemy lost Jamal Charles at running back. That was the first one that came. Yeah, to me mind. too. So uh, yeah, it was that was my first one. So and then but, the but, and then the offensive line a little. But go ahead, like Blair, you well, got somebody. Well, I'll I'll um I'll let someone else speak to Eric Bieniemy for the point that you just made. But I'll I'll go with Andy Heck. Uh, we, you know, everybody was down on this offensive line yeah. early on, and when we talk about the one in five. That's that's kind of what I looked at first, and for and it was there was no single culprit here. It was um, if there was a culprit, it was how come they didn't have their kind of act together in in training camp? What what was training camp about? If you couldn't come out with a um, you know a better a, a better offensive line, a better starting offensive line, 
Um, so, yeah, we're, we're six weeks into the season, and he was absolutely on the chopping block, wasn't he? He was the guy that, uh, uh, the, that had to go, and that, that's where the change had to be made. Uh, but then the team starts winning, and, and I, think they, I think they did some scheming around the offensive line. They were able to, to do some things offensively where, you know, they didn't need a do- dominant offensive line. Uh, but but we're now I think we're to the point now where uh, it's it's beyond serviceable. It's it's a plus. It's uh, you look at the you know you look at the the injuries that they've had to deal with and and, and other issues. They seem to have seven core guys that uh, you know that I, I, anywhere. anywhere their versatility is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, this is shaped up as a as a strength for this team and uh, and you look at the coach. Can I can I piggyback on yeah. that a little? I just want to say this: the the attitude those guys play with now was not there last year or the year before. Okay, Jeff Allen saw him mixing it up with a few guys <laughs> early on yeah. yesterday. Early on, making it real clear what kind of game that was going to be. Uh, Andy Heck deserves credit for that, and I I think Andy Reid does too. I, I think as a former offensive line coach, that I, my hunch is former offensive line coach that kind of helped make sure things got together there, um, whether by you know, applying pressure to Andy Heck or by doing it himself. You just never know. But it, there's impre- it is impressive where that group, uh, the, the strides that group has made as far as picking up blitzes and that kind of thing. But, hey. Mostly I, I would just agree with Blair, but I'll be your transitional point to Sam. Um, Charkandrick West, I, I can't think of many guys that, that were less celebrated, heard of, known yeah. commodities that have meant more to – to this team particularly, but to many teams, I mean, just off the charts, literally, I, where was he yeah. from? How did he get here? All that, um, which to me speaks to be enemy. It has to speak to be enemy in some way. So I, 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 I'd be interested to hear what Sam says about that. But Well, I'm doing a, a 67, a 60 <laughs> second pivot here. Cause uh, be enemy was the first name that, that came to my mind. Um, but then I thought of in particular, that touchdown run that he had in Baltimore, that yeah. was all blocking. And the, yeah. the blocking was terrific. And so then I thought about Andy Heck, but then you guys make, make a good point that Andy Reid certainly shares in that credit in that. And then my mind goes to Emmett Thomas. Like, I want to stick up – oh, sorry, Therese. <laughs> I want to stick up for him There's a little a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, what they've done in the secondary, Marcus Peters, uh, the way he's come along in his rookie year. And, again, I think players should get the credit. They get the credit and the blame. But, um, you know, certainly a guy with that kind of experience, um, you know, has been very valuable. And I would I would also add Al Harris. Yeah. Al Harris is right in the mix there. We're yep. getting Peters in the mix. Because yep. – you know, Peters came in with the reputation of being hard to coach. Yeah. But he's listened to those guys. Like, mm-hmm. you could tell during camp. There was no talking. We, we were able to watch practices. We were able to watch to see how those guys interacted on the field. There was no talking back to Al Harris. He listened to the guy. And you just got to assume that's continued on. Mm-hmm. And I, he should definitely shares a role in Peters' breakout season, mm-hmm. I would think. One other, one other thing with the line, it's, it's just – and it's, it's obvious, really, but it, it still bears mention. Alex Smith is, is a different quarterback when he gets – just a microsecond more protection, right? It, it affects mm-hmm. everything in, in the sequence. And the difference between, you know, running for his life early, and we, you can you, look, you can make a case that he might have seen things that weren't there at times, but you also can't blame him for being for in, seeing you know, perpetual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, ghosts around him. Yeah. After and, the beating he took last year. Go and it's all, no, that's all, and, and especially after last year. So it makes all the difference. And, and I, I've gone up and down on him all along, and this isn't about him really, but I, but I, I see him as a, 
as a much different commodity now than than I ever have. And yeah. and maybe we can I think spend some time on him agrees. later. But yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what? No, we'll spend some time on him now. Like, do you have any more take thoughts on like this this guy's growth? Because like I feel like every in every city the quarterback position is the most scrutinized guy. Yeah, he's always the most scrutinized guy. But like. Over the last nine games or eight games or seven games, whatever you want to say, I don't know if there's a whole lot of negatives you can take away from what that guy's been doing. He's been escaping trouble. He's been throwing the ball downfield. And he's had a few more interceptions lately, but for the most part, he's taking care of the football. I mean, what, how, far, how far have you seen that guy come? Well, you, look, you've gotten deep into this on his running game, but, it, but that was a couple of weeks ago. But every week it comes up one way or another, and that's just not a dimension everybody has because yeah. he, he does it with such intelligence. Um, but the other thing, all four of us yesterday, we kept noting how many times they went downfield. Mm-hmm. And, look, I mean, he doesn't have uh, the greatest arm you've ever seen, but he's, he's got a good enough arm to air it out, and I think that's been dispelled now. Um, and the only other thing I just want to add is – um, let, let's remember, I mean, he, he, he had the, the 49ers a game from the Super Bowl, if not for a couple of fumbled punts. That's right. I mean, they may or may not have won that game, but the game was lost with that. And uh, he played the game of his life in the only playoff game he's had with the Chiefs. So I, I, I guess the, the key focus point here is, is he good enough to take him close to the promised land? And I, I say he is. Something that I remember Sam saying yesterday when we were doing the video was um, – the Chiefs have had three winning seasons, three consecutive winning seasons for the first time since, was it 95, 96, 97? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Chiefs didn't have the same quarterback in those years, did it? Uh, yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think uh, there was a Bono in there and there right. was a Gerback in there. So how, yeah. how long has it been since they've had the same starting quarterback for three straight winning seasons? Might be the radio broadcaster. Yeah, might be. Wow. Probably is. Right? That, I mean, without Montana looking it up. Was, twi- was only here for two years. And there were uh, no winning seasons in between. I mean, I don't between, know if, if right. DeBerg was there three years three, in a row. Maybe, I'd, I'd have to look that up. But. Maybe. Like eight, I Ooh, know it's he was been there a while. in 89. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if, if it's not DeBerg, I think you got to go back to Dawson. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's a – you know, that's quite a testimony to Alex Smith. Absolutely. All right, it's time to have a little bit of fun in here. We've got uh, got some classic segments, segments that we've been rolling on that we're going to continue to do. Um, then we got a new one. Later on, I want you to hang on. You're going to enjoy it. But real first, but first, we'll crank out the first uh, kind of fun segment we've got, our weekly uh, scouting term of the week. And uh, this one, I, I think you guys should get it, but I'm not sure if you will. The term of the week is a one-pop daddy. A one-pop daddy. Can anybody guess what that means? Are we sure this is a football term? Football's <laughs> 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 not... <laughs> I was thinking of something else. <laughs> Get your mind out the gutter, Sam. <laughs> a one pop daddy. Any idea what position that would what what position that would relate to, fellas? It makes mm-hmm. me think of one trick pony, which makes me think of kicker, but that's probably ridiculous. That's off. I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna go return specialist. Nope. Well, our award winning producer, uh <laughs> Chris Fickett, uh <laughs> pantomime to running back and I th- that's what makes the most sense to me nope ah blame chris he's god <laughs> i tried to tell him what is chris though <laughs> it's an offensive lineman offensive lineman who doesn't sustain blocks so he comes off his block he gives him a good shot good one but he that's can't he can't hold on to his blocker the guy sheds him that's a one pop what was, okay so i'm remembering card carrying coward 
And I remember, now I'll remember one pop daddy. What was our one last week? What was the one last week? The, um, you guys got it, whatever it was. It was really quick. Might have been a D-back, but I, now I, I'm going the wrong direction. Oh, traffic cop. Yeah, traffic linebacker. Line middle linebacker, right? Yep. Yeah. I've got an update. Let's go. Let's hear it, brother. Steve DeBerg from 1989 to 1991 was the – Quarterback with, uh, but three straight winning seasons. Straight winning. Right, and they, they were in the playoffs uh, in ninety ninety one. Yeah, one of them was eight seven and one. Yeah, but still, Marty's a, first year. That's a winning season. Yeah. So yeah. fair enough, man. But before that, it was the radio broadcaster. Ooh, that is. That's, a that's long how you time. win one Super Bowl in fifty years. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That's exactly <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that joke went over. I'm happy about that. <laughs> um, all right, time to play who you play for. And I picked some more recent guys, Uh-oh. fellas. I don't think that's going to happen. I picked some more recent guys, and I, I think you'll be fine. And uh, let's are start you, off with a gonna, nice, easy one. Will you ask us Demps again this week? <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> no, you guys would be fine. I mean, these are guys from the 2012 team, right? In fact, this, here's the easy one. Kendrick Lewis. Oh, we just saw him. Saw him. Ravens. Uh, Baltimore, yeah. Yep. Boom, one for one. I Let's get go. that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it to Vahe. I'm giving it to Pops. Uh, sorry, fellas. Papa. Yeah. Here's the second one. Jeff Schwartz. Anybody remember where Jeff Schwartz? Giants, right? That's right. Two yeah. for two. Uh-oh. Hey. Uh-oh. Ryan Suckup. Uh, Tennessee oh, uh, still? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Three and three. All right. Wow. See? We've. Made it a little – you guys are doing what you're supposed to I do. I believe you and I have gotten all of these. <laughs> and yeah, this doesn't add you up. You beat but, me but by milliseconds it'll on fit, the uh, – it'll, it'll dovetail nicely into what I anticipate is our next segment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Hang on for it. It's coming. Two more, fellas. Trying to go for the perfect five for five. Tyson Jackson. Oh, I'm not going to get that. Jacksonville. Is this a trick question? No. No. Okay. <laughs> we had one of those. Yeah. No trick questions this week. Okay. Nope. The Falcons. The wow. Falcons. Oh, that makes That's, sense. Right. With Last, his boy. Yep. Last one. Everybody liked him for a little while. Tony Moiaki. Who he played for? Oh, he was just here, too. Uh, last year he played here. Um, Not for that team anymore, though. That's a hint. Mm. Mm. Somebody want to venture a guess? Is he on somebody's IR? Is that the <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. nothing. Tampa Tampa Bay. <laughs> nope. Falcons again. I almost guessed that. Uh, all right. Three for five. Not bad. Can I interrupt with something real What's quick? What's up, my man? Uh, Jeff Schwartz would have come into our discussion last week about uh, good guy in the locker room. Oh yeah, for sure. Jeff he was, was the best. Wasn't he? Wasn't he Jeff great? Jeff was the best. Yeah. Another guy that should have been mentioned is Trakandrick West. Yeah. One of the nicest guys. Oh, great guy. Terrific guy. Really, uh, really lights up that room with his energy, and he, he's just so happy to be there. That's another guy. All right, time for the new segment, and I think you guys are really gonna love it. Uh, <laughs> this one is the brainchild of. Blair face Kirkoff, and this is going to be uh, a hit, I think. It's our old man football segment brought to you. 
<laughs> and bye. Right. So if you can't guess what, so basically here are the rules. We did not smoke. So basically here's the rule. Here's the rules for the, our old man football segment. And we're going to pit two of our ace reporters against each other every week. It, next week it'll probably be me versus you, Sam. But this week we're going to go with the two old men in the room, Vahe and Blair. Um, and what they're going to do is we're going to give each of them 30 seconds, it may, it may be a little more, but 30 seconds at least to make a point about football um, that, you know, from back in their day. You know, just you guys have a lot of wisdom. We want you to share it with the world. Uh, give us your football takes. And Sam has the clock. So. Well, we, we, as old men, we don't adhere to the clock. We're, we're on our own time well, here. But that's, not, that's digital anyway. What does that mean? I, I don't understand. And first of all, there's still some controversy about the Surgeon General. I don't think they've proven anything. <laughs> yeah, define prove. <laughs> Uh, well, we, we got into this last week because we were talking about, the, or a couple weeks ago, how differently people consume football today. When we were young, you know, I was into football cards, and you were into cards and other things, and that's just not, you know, kids don't do that anymore. That's not how they consume football. And, and, and this was brought home to me again today when we're looking at the NFL schedule for Week 17, and all of a sudden games are moving all over the schedule. You get flexed from one time to another, net, from one network to another. When you were a kid, <laughs> when you were a kid, you were lucky to get one game. You got one game a week. On one of three networks. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it was either the AFL on NBC <laughs> – <laughs> AFL on NBC or CBS had the NFL game, and now it's um, now you can watch. There is there are multiple <laughs> incredible ways to consume Five your pro seconds. football product. <laughs> that was my rant. All right. Well, look, bye. Look, I. And we had to walk to our neighbor's house who had the television set. Vahe, you're next. Uh, look, Time this, this starting is, now. All right, this is inspired by who he played for last week. <laughs> Back when pride still mattered, um, you did not have to worry about who he played for because, <laughs> because you knew the name of every guy on every team. There were fewer teams. What was it, 28, 26? But not only that. There wasn't this free agency thing <laughs> allowing them to make money and switch teams. <laughs> you, you remember when it was a really big thing when Johnny Unitas finished his career with the, with the Chargers? Yeah, an atrocity. Yes. Or Joe Namath with uh, – where was Joe Namath? The Rams? Yeah. It was, what, it, what was that? Yeah. So back when, when pride still mattered, you stayed with your Five team. Five seconds. <laughs> That's all. And we knew who everybody played for, all right? That was a Punk. team rant. That was that was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> that absolutely hit the mark for what I wanted. Um, <laughs> and I gotta tell you, <laughs> I think the winner is Blair. Blair, congratulations! You win this week. Stupid flex. Just like, <laughs> I'm I'm 100 with you. I'm 100 with you. 
Oh, that, so wait, wait. Is the goal to persuade you guys to, to buy our <laughs> I'm argument? I'm going to be the judge. The I'm the judge in this one. <laughs> all right, all right. And then next week, you guys would be the judge. <laughs> and what is the prize? Is it like just an old pair of slippers? <laughs> <laughs> is it like, is that, what does Blair get? <laughs> a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> a newspaper sub- sub- subscription. <laughs> right to your door. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, but no, we'll keep score just like they do on around the horn. That goofy stuff. It's it's for pride. So, oh, that's good. All right, good job, guys. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. I know. <laughs> oh boy. All right, time for part of the show where we take reader mail. It's the ask the eighteen portion of the show. Let's go. All right, first one we've got here is from Kreps Brandon. He asked the A-team, should we be worried about the Chiefs, about whether or not the Chiefs can win in the playoffs? And obviously that question is based off their performance yesterday. My question for you, so I'll just ask you guys just to simplify it here. What, did that performance make you – did that performance make you more concerned about their ability to win a playoff game, yes or no? Not, not, not me. Okay. Um, Sam said something, although I think Sam might disagree with this, but, but Sam, you said something yesterday that made me think about that. It was, it, it was a great term. Now I can't remember what it was, but playing to the score, playing to the opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there was a little of that going on. I think yeah. we, we underestimate that a little. But we, I don't think we do underestimate that they go vanilla once they think they've got it. More than And maybe they go teams. vanilla too early. Yeah. I think that's – and look, that's the signature maybe of that uh, Colts playoff game. I mean, I don't think they went vanilla, but, but to me – Yesterday actually helps them, I think, because, look, nobody's going to expose their inability to contain more than Johnny Manziel with the eyes in the back of his head and on a day where you don't have Tomba and Houston. So I think it helps them sort that part out. Anyway, I'm digressing, really. I, it doesn't, it, yesterday doesn't concern me. The history concerns me. Yeah, it made me less confident, but not by a huge amount. And I still think that um, uh, I still expect them to win a playoff game. Um, I just – I understand that they're playing without um, – I'd, I'd like to see them play Johnny Manziel with two badass edge rushers yeah. and see how much he's running around the field with those two guys. But it's the offense that, that concerned me. And, and you know, the 21-play drive, and I do think they went vanilla a little bit, but still the, the Browns were 26th, I think, in the league um, in, in yards given up. They were giving up 4.6 yards per rush, and, and the Chiefs couldn't get anything going on the ground. Um, so that concerns me, but you know the the best analogy that my dumb little brain can come up with is that it's it, it's disappointing. It's less confident, but in the way that a good student comes home and he passes a class with a C minus, still passed the class. You know, in the grand scheme, still a good student. Yeah, is there something wrong with that? Is that, is that, is that, is that an issue? <laughs> well, I said good student. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't pay attention. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think you can explain away um, – they scored 17 points in the first half and had 200 total yards. I, I think the offense is fine. The defense, you can explain they, – you know, without Houston, Holly, and, and, and Abdullah, uh, that, that's an issue. I think – I was a little concerned about special teams yesterday. You, yeah. you know who's in a little bit of a slump is Dustin Colquitt. Right, yeah. after when I they, jinxed him. Yeah, yeah. He, when, when they needed a couple <laughs> of booming punts, he kicked a couple of 39-yarders. They had – Nile Davis – after that 21-play, 12-minute drive, Nile Davis brings the ball out of the end zone, had no business bringing it out of the end zone where he was and the way he was going. And then Sorensen blocks in the back, and the Chiefs start at the three. 
So I, I think there were some special teams issues, and, and we obviously the fake punt they weren't ready for. Um, just little things, little yeah. things that I think need to get cleaned up. As they, it, yeah. they've been so good for so long in special teams. Yeah, and I, I joke about me, Jason Colquitt. I wrote that story about his ability to drop punts inside the twenty, like maybe a month ago, and then lo and behold, he starts having trouble yeah. uh, doing that. But he's but yesterday was a freak it. freak wind day too. Right I mean, for him. It, mm-hmm. it, it, but I mean, he's been ha- he'd been having a few issues like leading up to that in the games prior to that. But that's he's listed on the injury report with a knee thing, so he's dealing with he's dealing with an injury as well. Um, and um, this, it's actually funny you mentioned that. Our next question is from JW90, who mentioned, hey, what's going on with the special teams coaching? Way too many mistakes, which would be magnified against playoff teams. And by the way, this is a common thing among our Asked A Team questions. People not real happy despite nine straight wins. Um, not real complacent. Um, they're, they're really weren't weren't not thrilled about recent performances. But you know, Dave Tobe does have a good reputation. It, there's got to be a sense that at some point he'll get it together. But at this point, like I mean, is this like a real like is this like a real thing? Is there like a real danger of this special team stuff not getting taken care of, guys? I I don't think so. But one one thought I, I, that. That I've had is that it, they're not they're not attacking with special teams anymore the way that it seemed like. Remember 2013? It, it was oh, like yeah. there was something always percolating there. Like it, they're they're a threat to score every time. And um, it, it, I, I know I'm getting hung up on Frankie Hammett, but he he shouldn't be returning punts. I don't trust him. And no. and yeah. and at best they hope he's you know holding ground or or you know just not fumbling and getting a few yards. I mean I realize they don't really hope that, but that's all we've seen. They don't have anybody. It's going to try to make a play there. I know Thomas is still out, and and I, I know we have disagreement maybe about whether Macklin. You want to use Macklin there before the playoffs, but but maybe Macklin needs a game back there before the playoffs. Um, I, I'd like to see them do something to go more on the attack, obviously as well as clean up stuff. I love Jeremy Macklin. I, I'd be afraid. I literally, I think I mean that literally. I, I would be afraid <laughs> to use him. In that situation where he might get blown up. I, I wouldn't want to mess with that. If DeAnthony Thomas is going to be back next week, I, I would ride there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think special teams can be a concern. Um, it's just dumb decisions, too, like, you know, bringing the ball out at times and um, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I think it's a concern. But it's not – I mean, like, here's another thing. Like, look – well, this is not a special teams comment. We can get back to this. Blair, you got something? You want me no, to go? No, well, I'll continue quick, my rant quick, then. They at least cleaned up the place kicking issue that they yeah, had a yeah. couple of week, few yeah. weeks Winchester ago. Winchester got that squared yep, away. So that's yeah. you know, it, hey, and, and like you know what, Santos had a nice day. All, yeah, yeah, all he did. things considered, in that yeah. wind, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the field goal into the wind, and the the, wind. yeah, and let's not forget, and they blocked a field goal right, too. Yeah. Sorensen blocked a field goal. The first one, I looked this up, they hadn't blocked a field goal since 07. 07. Yeah, wow, I didn't realize that. All right, so now I will continue my rant. Everything, like, because I, I got a tweet last night about uh, when is somebody finally going to call out the gutless coaching of Andy Reid? And I'm like, <sighs> they haven't lost since, you know, October 11th or what, or October 18th when they played. Um, you know, like, let's, 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 like, have some perspective about, and I know I'm the one that said I'm, you know, a little bit less confident, but, you know, these are all first yeah. world problems. This is, you know, my filet is, you know, slightly <laughs> undercooked or whatever. Like, this is not like, you know, and, and if you look around the AFC, nobody has, they've all, there There are no boats without holes. You know what I mean? Like, they, everybody's got some problems that they're dealing with. And, and what the Chiefs are dealing with, you know, relative to the rest of the league, I think it's fine. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. Can I switch back to, sure. to Niall Davis? I didn't see 
um, the way he caught that ball in the end zone. Um, but I think you did. And I, it, was he still drifting side to side or he moving was. backwards? He was both. Um, he, he was. It was. It was one of those. There, there's no obvious touch touchbacks anymore because they're they could be at the back of the you know end zone and they'll bring it out. But he he was w- working away from the blocking. He should not have brought the ball out. And then Sorensen complicated the matter with his block in the back. Well, I just to fuse that together with a little old man football addendum. Back in our day, Therese, <laughs> you it, same with playing outfield. By the way, you're going to be situated where you're going to be running into the ball. You're going to be you're going to yeah. be you know and and. And we've seen Nile Davis go 108, right, or whatever that yeah, ridiculous thing is. Back. But it was run, you know, getting mm-hmm. the proper footing beforehand, and he's just got to be smarter than well, that. Well, keep this in mind: Nile Davis can't market himself to another team if he's not bringing the ball out of the end zone. Can yeah. he? And, yeah. and Nile's yeah. definitely very interested in uh, in in showing what he can do. Like that dude does want to play. So, like I, I was joking about this with him, but like. I remember his first game back in the lineup. Like he he fielded that ball like nine yards in, <laughs> and I was just like, "Nah, I knew you were gonna take that thing out." He was like, "Yup." <laughs> it was great. And there was like no way he wasn't bringing that thing out. Look, man, these guys only get he, what he might. God, he's only guaranteed Julie one chance. Touches the right. ball. Right. He's only guaranteed one way to touch the ball. So yeah, I, I understand that for sure. Um, all right, we run winding things down here. A few more questions. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, common theme, too. I love wins. This is from K Butro Zero. I love wins, but after the last two weeks, do you guys feel like the offense needs to reevaluate some things? Uh, I'll start off by saying I think they're just playing vanilla. I think they're just playing possum. I, you know, I, you, you do what you have to do to win every week, but you don't show the whole host. You know, you don't, you don't use all your bullets you know, against teams you don't have to use them against. You know, I'm sure Andy Reid had a pretty good sense. You're playing a bad Baltimore team. You're, you're playing a bad Browns team. You don't have to use all your creative stuff. The question is, you know, do you break it out this week against Oakland? That's the question. You know, I, I tell you what, if if we don't see some more creative stuff this week, yeah, I think it's time to be a little concerned because they should use it this week. I don't care what happens against Denver. Like, they need to try to win this game, to go in the playoffs with some momentum and win 10 straight in a row. Like, that's what you're doing, right? You're playing to win the game, right? I, I, I think it's important to try to win this thing. That's my this point. is a small point. Maybe it's too obvious to even mention, but the vanilla thing, it's boring, right? Mm-hmm. But it's their strength. It plays to their strength. They've got a quarterback yeah. that makes good decisions and, and protects the ball. They've got a really, really good defense that can score itself. You know, um, the defense can create points. So in in some ways, vanilla is a smart strategy. Um, all that said, I do think they've been holding some some things back, yeah. and, and they probably will let loose a little bit. Um, I think some in Oakland, or not in Oakland, but you know what I mean, against Oakland, but um, certainly for the playoffs. All right, next question. And this one's from uh, KC Chiefs underscore 58. If Tom Bahali and Justin – and I'm going I'm to I'm switch up your question a little bit to make it work here. If Tom Bahali and Justin Houston were healthy enough to play this week, would you play them? That's a good question. That's a really good question. I, I don't know if I would. You know, I, I don't. Um, those are the guys. Those are the guys you absolutely have to have in the. You absolutely want you in the play. In have fact, them. next to maybe along with Alex Smith and Jeremy Macklin, if yeah. you had to pick players one through five who you absolutely wanted to have in a playoff game, Houston. They'd, they'd be yeah Houston and yeah. Ali the way he's Boy. played. Gosh, so I, I don't if 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 
they're you know just if they're ninety percent this week, I don't play them. I just don't. Bye. I started off giving the opposite answer, and and I'm persuaded by Blair's point that yeah. you know they're in the playoffs, and look at look at the trouble we're having determining you know what would be the best matchup for them. I mean, the point is they're in the playoffs. Be as ready as sound as good as healthy as you can for the playoffs yeah i'd play them i i guess i'm going the other way um just because i I think being the the best team in the playoffs i I would feel a little bit more comfortable having them go a week you know and and the key part of that question was healthy enough to play if they're you know if they're gonna be limping around if it's you know don't force it um but if they're healthy enough to you know reasonably be strong be out there then you know maybe not every snap or whatever but yeah i'd I'd want them to get some run no okay so no players 100 percent at this time sure Best case scenario, you're feeling ninety yeah. percent. Well, let's say both guys are eighty percent. Do you play them? I would. Yeah, would? I, 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 you guys I, wouldn't. I don't like eighty on this. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. It, I, I think and, for and the same reason, I don't want Macklin returning punts. Yeah. you know, not not, not, until, not against not, Oakland. Yeah, you know? not until next, not until two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. I, by the way, I mean that point only if if Thomas remains out too, because I think Thomas is. Good enough. I want I want Macklin back there returning punts in the playoffs if Macklin if if Thomas isn't back. But uh, and I, and you know what, Sam? I I think I was kind of with you about you know having these guys play. But I do know this: like that knee sprain is like a real thing. Yeah. You know that's that's something else that can be aggravated too. And then Thomas got the bulky knee, and rest has been good for him. God, I'm I'm the guy that just said go all out to try to win the game. Jesus, I'm gonna. But, but I, those guys are too important. I, I wouldn't play them. But you know what? I would go out to go all out to try to win the game through my play calling. I think it's important to win yeah. the game that way. But those two, you're gonna need them no matter who you're facing. So yeah, I, I think that's the best way to go about that. But Sam, I, I see that point though, man. I, I, I definitely think it's important to obviously try to win the game. Uh, and kind of looking forward a little bit, we got a Jets question, and this is also concerns. Your favorite player, Sam. Um, if the Chiefs win the division, do you think our cornerback duo can outdo the Jets receiver duo? Jets have Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker. Those guys are playing their asses off. Where do you guys come out? Can Sean Smith and Marcus Peters battle those cats? Be a hell of a matchup. I mean, it's it's you know I'm going to be looking forward. I mean, we're seeing it again. We talked about it before they played the Raiders a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think that. You'd rather play a team with crappy receivers, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, if you're the Jets, I think you're looking at like, wow, we have these two badass receivers, but that sucks because they've got two really good cornerbacks too. We'd rather play a team with bad, you know, strength on strength, and you know, to win a playoff game, you have to do that. Yeah, and they can, they can. The Jets are, the Jets are. They're good team. They're good. Like yeah, they give you some team. reason to worry. Mm-hmm. Like Bowles is a good defensive coach. Yeah, they're aggressive. Um, you know. And but I don't think I don't know if Fitzpatrick scares anybody, but he's getting the he's ball having a good out. year. He's having a good year, and he's getting the ball out to guys. Vahe, what, what do you? The, the you only thing I, the only thing I was going to say is I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, you know, one gets the W and one gets the L. I think it's going to be a lot of jousting and mm-hmm. some wins by each, you know, and and maybe maybe there'll be a crucial one at the end, but I, but I think it'll be spectacle. It'll be great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I think it's going to be a lot of fun too. I. I think Marshall and Decker are really good, um, and I think the Chiefs' corners obviously are really good. It's going to be a that that's going to be a draw, you know. And whatever that would be, it'd be like a majority decision or something, you know. Um, or, you know, it, it won't be a knockout. That's for sure. All right, last question, guys. This one's from Richard Bolter. How impressive 
um, a job, have Andy Reid and John Dorsey done with three consecutive winning seasons. And do we really need like another year of playoff experience before Chiefs can be Super Bowl contenders? So let's just break that up. The first part, whoever wants to say something, like who's got some thoughts on John and Andy and the job they've done the first three years here? Well, I mean, I, I, the biggest thing that they've done um, is bring stability and, yeah. and credibility. And, you know, that's the one thing that Clark Hunt, when he took over the team for his dad, that, that he talked about of having a consistent franchise. He always talks about the Steelers. And for, what was that, 06? So from 06 to 12, for the first six or seven years of that, he had everything but consistency. I mean, it was – that that team was a circus. I mean, it was you know um, infighting and and all kinds of of problems. And I, I to me, that's the biggest thing. They they they've turned the culture. The um, John Dorsey and Andy Reid had good players on that roster when they took over. And you know Scott Pioli is a is a uh, a curse word in Kansas City, but he did he did leave that the new leadership group with some good players, but um, he also left it with a broken culture, and that's the, the most important thing that they've that they fixed. What was the second part of that question? Blair, give us some thoughts on the, the, whether or not the Chiefs need another year of playoff oh, right, experience right. before they can make a well, Super Bowl Well, this run. speaks to what Vahe wrote this morning, I think, and that's uh, do we look at this like Royals 2014 or Royals 2015? Mm. You know? That's a good point. Do, do you, that's a good uh, question to answer. It. Do, do you, you uh, yeah, Vahe, what, what, <laughs> I, I thought you, it was a really good point. Is this the um, happy to be here? You know, we're, you know, just we'll take any, any progress we can take in this postseason or – or do the Chiefs act like the Royals of 2015 and say we, it's it's not enough. It's just not enough to you know to, to just get there. Vahe, you wrote the, about I did, but this is this is also making me think more about baseball and and uh, we've sort of joked among ourselves about uh, our tentative plans and about the sixth inning in, in Houston, uh, and part of the plans we were drawing up uh, for that elimination game for the Royals involved um, is the season a whole uh, a, a waste <laughs> because they didn't actually come through and how everything backfired at the end that they did. And I guess the, the, my, point, my point is um, I don't quite think we'd call it a waste of a season, right, if they get to the playoffs. I mean, it, it, after what they came back from. But I, I, I think Blair's right. I think, I think we're a year away from seeing that they, they can be a Super Bowl team. Now, look, they can surprise us. And yeah. hopefully they won't surprise us. We'll find another way for a trap door to fall open and, you know, some – just baffling, crazy loss. But, um, but the flip side is, I, I, I contend that anything's possible, and yeah. I, anything's possible. So, I, I don't think they have to win a game this year to be able to go to the Super Bowl. But I think that's a more likely scenario that they'd be better off for one more year of experience. Sam, I, I think no matter what, they've accomplished something real this season. So I don't know if I'm just having like an issue with like the construct of, of the question. I know I take these things too literally sometimes. <laughs> um, but I don't think that you need to build this year to have a Super Bowl run next year. I think it's mm-hmm. it's all wide open enough that screw it, just do it this year. You know, like there, there are no there are no perfect teams. Um, everybody's got flaws and yeah. you know the Chiefs are dangerous. You know, if, if we we're sitting here in a different city we'd be like, geez, the Chiefs, you know, they haven't lost since um, you know, October. Like that and, and look at all you know, look at all the town on that defense. Like I, you know, the the Chiefs are a legitimate they shouldn't be happy to be there. And that that's what I was glad to see yesterday. That there was a I yeah. think a C minus effort and, and they seem to know it. And you know what, I'll I'll say this. I think a month ago 
I said that, yeah, they, they'd probably need to win a playoff game and then lose and learn from that and then come back next year and just kind of set up your Super Bowl run next year. But being around these guys a little more, I actually kind of think that they learned their lesson in that Indianapolis playoff yeah, they've game. they've been there. I think they've been there. Mm-hmm. Like this group's been there together through that, and they kind of learned the importance of finishing teams off. I think that that Super Bowl run is more open now than it was a month ago. I, I I'm more willing to believe in that now than I was, uh, just because, you know, they don't they really don't seem content with a lot. You know, they they did celebrate the win yesterday pretty good, but by the time we got in there, it was really normal, and this wasn't some crazy celebration. It was just normal, and that if you're a Chiefs fan, I think that's a good sign because mm-hmm. it means that they expect more from themselves. And they expect more from the sales going forward as well. So, um, good questions this week, guys. We appreciate you guys chipping in as always. That's why we love you. Um, appreciate you guys coming in here, braving the elements, do this podcast. We're getting good feedback from people. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun for us to kind of bring this stuff to you. Uh, this is a time of the, time of the show where we give you a chance to plug your stuff, guys. Um, anybody got something interesting coming this week? I'll kick off. I, I got a story on Macklin for Wednesday just about him, you know, cracking the 1,000-yard barrier. Only the fourth receiver to do that under Andy Reif as a head coach. That's surprising. 17 years. I know. That's, yeah. He spreads the ball around so much. But um, and, and actually what I kind of said a few minutes ago about them not being satisfied, part of the reason I think that is Macklin because, like, just 1,000 yards, not even phased, like not at all. You know, uh, he's more worried about winning. I, he's in his prime, and he made that real clear. I, I actually believe him when he said he wasn't phased by cracking a thousand yards. He didn't seem satisfied at all. But that'll be out in Wednesday Star. Check that out. Anybody else got something they want to plug? Uh, I hear they're playing Sunday, so I guess we'll cover that. No, we're, I guess this is a week <laughs> we're still trying to figure some things out, some moving parts. All right. All right. Uh, you can follow us all on Twitter. Um, Therese Paler, uh, Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian. Uh, Blair Kirkoff, and on Facebook too. Sam and I had those Facebook pages. You can hit me up at TPKC Star. What's yours, Melly? Just my name, Sam Mellinger. Sam Mellinger. Yeah. Right. Um, and we're gonna skip the prediction of the week. Uh, we're gonna get out a little rest because I enjoyed the old man football segment. Uh, <laughs> we were approved, Blair. Yeah. We, 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 <laughs> the teamwork on the rant was yeah. really beautiful. That's that was, what I like. That was fantastic. So, what are you singing this week? I'm not singing anything oh. this week, man. Um, that's got to come naturally. Okay. You know, you can't you can't command a performance. <laughs> you know what you want me to do. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this: I do want a sponsor. I'm still looking for my sponsor for this podcast. This thing is straight fire. You know, we need to have somebody come sponsor it, you know. Um, I do think you'd enhance sponsorship opportunities if then you <laughs> every show ended with you singing something, like maybe a little Gordon Lightfoot. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a story for another day. Uh, <laughs> um, and I, I'll say this, too, as well. Please rate and review us. Go on iTunes. Um, Sports BKC, check it out. Rate and review us. That stuff matters. We'd appreciate it if you do that. Um, we're going to keep dropping these podcasts. Um you know, as long as the Chiefs are going, we're going to keep doing it. So, for Sam, Vahe, and Blair, thanks all, thank, we thank you all for checking this out this week. Um, and also, Happy New Year. Uh, hit my music. Peace.